all of us want to grow our podcast audience. What's the best way to do it? Well, I don't know about the best way, but this one is an incredible way. And it's by getting your own custom app. I'm talking with Rob Walsh from Libsyn about custom apps on this episode of Podcastification. My name is Kerry Green, and I am the client happiness guy at podcastfasttrack.com. And this is Podcastification. This show is all about podcasting, how to do it, how not to do it, best practices, interesting news items that have to do with the realm of podcasting, and who knows what else. And I'm trying to do it all with a little bit of fun and some information to help you get a show going, keep yours going, or make it better. And if you like what's going on here on the show, I would appreciate it, oh, so appreciate it, if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes. You can find out how to do that at podcastfasttrack.com slash review. That's enough of that kind of stuff. Let's get you podcastificated right away. So we are back again on the podcastification show. Man, say that fast five times with Rob Walsh. I can't even I think, say it fast one time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think Rob, you are the record holder. This is your third appearance on the podcastification show. So congratulations! Thank you for having me back. You're welcome. Now today, I wanted to talk about something that came onto my radar probably six months ago. And it came onto my radar because of Rob. He just mentioned it in another conversation that we were having and it got me curious. And so it's taken me a while to get some of my other ducks in a row so that I could actually have this conversation and now I'm ready to do it. So that's the issue of talking about apps and how podcasters can use apps to both grow their audience and expand their reach and all those kinds of things. But first off, I think we're all familiar with apps. We probably have, you know, eight or 10 of them on our phones that come installed. And then we have others that we download from the iTunes store, or Google Play or whatever. And apps really make a lot of things more beneficial. But Rob, as you are kind of an expert on this from the Libsyn side of things, tell me, first of all, what did you guys notice about apps that made you have the idea, hey, we should create one of these for our users? Well, we were the first to do that. I mean, we we said from day one, as soon as the Apple launched the App Store, we're doing an app because we knew everything was going mobile and that it was going to be an app-centric world. It was just something that we saw early on. And when the iPhone first launched, we had a web app for that, but that we knew native apps were the way to go. And, you know, now today, when you look at things in a typical month, over two billion people, 2 billion with a B people download apps to their smartphones from the iTunes app store, the Google play app store, the Amazon app store. That's a huge number, especially when you compare it to the only hundred million people that are downloading podcasts each month. So globally, there's a lot more people downloading apps and know what apps are than have an idea what a podcast is, but Hey, this show, it's a free app. They don't know what a podcast is, but they know what an app is. And if they find you that way, that's great. And that's the way we looked at it early on. It was just a, a way for people to discover you and, and make it easier to consume. So when you say a way for people to discover you, you're talking about someone just kind of tooling around Google Play or the iTunes store and they see your app because it matches the keywords they put in or whatever and, and curiosity gets the better of them. Is that kind of what you're, you're talking about? 
mean, the perfect example is uh, I have an app for Podcast 411, and I went about two and a half years between episodes there. And during that period of time, near the end of that two and a half year period where I hadn't had new episodes, so I wasn't out promoting the app, talking about the app, telling anybody to go download the app. I had those last few months, 60 to 100 downloads of the app from people just searching about podcasting in the iTunes app store and the Amazon app stores and Google Play app store. And they were just downloading my show as an app, not knowing anything you know about the podcast that it was for that, you know, just, it was discovery. So if you have a topic that is niche and people might be searching on that, say you have a woodworking podcast. If you have an app about your podcast and someone goes and searches woodworking apps, they see this free app, they're going to take a look at it. And actually there's a new beauty for being in the app stores that podcasters can't take advantage of. And this is an iTunes. In iTunes, do you know how how you pay to get your podcast promoted in iTunes? No. Tell me how that is. As a podcast, you can't. Hmm. None of the podcasters, no pay for placement in for podcasts in the iTunes store. But you can pay to have placement of your app in the app store. Hmm. So one way to get your podcast where you pay for placement and promotion of your podcast in iTunes is as an app. You can't do that just for the podcast. Yeah, that is a great thing to be be knowledgeable about because, you know, just like ads on Facebook, ads on, you know, Google's platforms, those kinds of things, getting in front of the exact market that you're trying to reach is a powerful thing. So let's take a step back for just a second and allay some fears, perhaps. There's probably a lot of people out there who hear the word app and they think, yeah, that's really cool, but those things are costly and I'm a low budget operation. I don't have the means to produce an app for my podcast. And that is exactly why I'm talking to you, Rob, because you guys do something really cool in that you provide an app on some of your plans. So tell us something about that. If you have the advanced 400 megabyte plan or greater with Libsyn, it is an additional $10 a month and you get an iOS app, an Android app built for your show. And it's a $50 one-time setup fee. That's it. $50 one-time setup fee, $10 a month thereafter. And you have an iOS and an Android app that gets updated and looks great, works great. Our base core app has been downloaded millions and millions of times. It's what Mark Marin uses for WTF, Mark Marin, Adam Carolla uses for his. It's been used by many, many producers. So it's a well-established, very well-built out app. And it supports audio, supports video, supports PDFs, it supports blog posts has connections to social media. We even just added a timer to it so people can set a timer so they wake up to listening to your latest episode. <laughs> we have a lot of little features in there. That's pretty cool. It, it is. And, and our developers, we develop it in-house. It's not built by a third party. It's been built by Libsyn internally. Uh, there's no Libsyn employees that do the development of this. And, and again, we were the first ones to roll out with a podcast app for individual podcasters. And here's the best part. The 100% of the branding is yours. You won't see the Libsyn name in the app. If you go and search for TII, the TI app in the iTunes app store, you will go and download that and you will not see Libsyn logo or, or promotion anywhere on it. It's all your branding. That is super cool. You do need to get a Apple developer account. It's $99 a year. Uh, we put that app in your own developer account. So you have all ownership and control of your app. And then you do need to get a Google Play developer account, which is $25 one time. 
And we'll put that in your developer account there. And then we put it in our Amazon app account um, for the Amazon app store. Okay. Well, let's, let's pause for a second and just summarize the costs on this. So you're talking about that 400 megabyte plan. What's the monthly fee for that? That's $20 a month. Okay. So $20 a month plus a $10 additional amount per month right. for having the app through Libsyn. And then you're going to have a one-time $50, then a $25 for Google Play one time, mm-hmm. and then $99 a year for iTunes. Right. And that's not to us. That's to Apple. That's right. Exactly. That's the way but, it has to work. Yeah. Understand that. Just trying to get really clear on the cost for someone to have an app. So, so all said and done for someone to have the Libsyn app on their show and have it on Google Play and have it on iTunes annually, it's going to cost them a pretty minor amount for having a, a very functional app. So you mentioned a lot of different types of formats of files you can include in the app PDF, you know, MP3, those kind of things. Let's walk through each one of those and tell us some of the ways you've seen people use those or you guys suggest that people use those to be of benefit to an audience. I'll give an example of what I do. Uh, I, I have a podcast where I do some unboxing videos and I don't want to put my unboxing videos in my audio stream that goes onto iTunes. So I put them just in the app. So they're app only video. I'll put some things in there that maybe I'll, I'll do um, a slide deck where I, I talk about something on the show and I'll take uh, the images that I talked about and I'll put them together as a little slide deck and make it a PDF and put it in, in the show notes. Uh, you can have the content be bonus content just for that episode, or you can have it as a standalone episode in your list of episodes. So that's another nice thing. So you can have this bonus content. One of the things I do with my show for TII is uh, people will send in music that I play in the background for each episode. And I will put that in the bonus content. They'll send in artwork for that episode that they've created. I'll put that in as the bonus content. But then I'll have the unboxing videos, which go up as their own standalone episodes in my episode list. Uh, You can have categories as well. So maybe you have a podcast where you're talking about video games and you might have one category for where you have episodes talking about Xbox and another category when you're talking about PlayStation and and another one for the Wii universe. So people that are just interested in that can go to just their categories and then listen to the different episodes there. Well, that is, that is all really cool. Now, one of the things that, that I remember you mentioning when we talked about this before was the possibility of creating elements within your app that are membership only kind of things where someone has to pay to play, so to speak, to get these extra resources. Talk to me about how you've seen people use that. Ben Greenfield's probably the best one uh, as an example of that. So Ben Greenfield has the free content, then he has the app, and then we have what's called My Libsyn, and then he charges for access to premium content. And Ben will then make some video content that he makes premium only. Um, he'll also make some app only content to drive people to check out the app. And then when they're in the app, then they see all the premium content they're not getting. And that's the beauty of it is if you get a lot of your users to use the app and then you do the premium, they see what they're missing and they're more likely to sign up and be part of your premium offering. And it makes it really easy for people to get your premium content. I mean, there's some other services that want you to take this custom RSS feed and tell your listeners to go use this and subscribe to it. How many of your listeners really know what an RSS feed is, right? Do they... it's such a technical thing, but they understand apps and they understand how Netflix works. So our premium offering is basically just the same as Netflix or Hulu Plus, where you get some free content and you sign, you log in, you get all the free content, you get all the content accessed. 
Yeah. How does that work? I guess, technically speaking, as far as the payment goes and all that kind of stuff. So we'll set up a page for you where you can send people to to sign up and they can pay via credit card or PayPal. We manage all the billing, manage all the billing questions and all the other inquiries. And then we do a revenue share split with you. So you get a certain percent, we get the other. A basic is 50-50 and depends on the size of the show. And we'll go where the splits are a little bit more to your side, depending on the size of your show and, and how things are going there. Yeah. So as the show gets larger, the weightedness goes more toward the podcaster side. Correct. Okay. Now, when it comes to having the membership aspect to an app, is there an additional cost for having that sort of functionality? No. So it's just purely a revenue share split. Uh, we, that's how we do that. Cool. All right. Well, let's talk about some of the features. I'm looking at the website page, which I will include in the show notes for this episode that tells some of the app features. Uh, it says car mode ready. Tell me what that means. If you're um, in the screen where there's an episode and you turn it sideways, you turn the phone sideways and it's it's playing, it will go into what we call car mode. And that makes the buttons really big and it's just a big play button. So this way, if someone's driving down the road and, and it's easier for them to hit the buttons, play, pause, things like that. So just make it a little bit safer for the audience. Whoa! There's even a, a night button. So it turns the white to black and there's a day button where it turns the black to white. So it's more white when it's in daytime. It's more black when it's at nighttime. Yeah. So cool. Just little things that we've added to the apps over the years. Again, we launched our, with our first app in the App Store back when the App Store first launched, just a little after the App Store launched. So I think we've been doing the apps now. Um, we started working on it in 2008 and launched in 2009. So, and notice also it says custom playback experience. So there's ways to set the audio within the app to play back in certain order, faster speed, I assume. Right. Some people want to play back from the most recent, you know, play from top to bottom. Some want to play from bottom to top. Some want it to be the most recent episode and then go backwards. Some want to go from the oldest episode forward. It just depends on what your personal likes are. Um, you can set it up where it only you'll download over Wi-Fi there's ability to keep just a certain number of episodes so that where it is auto downloading, it only keeps X number of recent episodes. So it's not filling up your phone. Those are just some of the small little features that we have in there. I like it. Now, let me ask you this. If you're using this like a membership sort of a site, for lack of a better description, where people are paying to get the bonus content and those kinds of things, is there any kind of interactive feature within the app where people can leave messages and someone can respond and those kinds of things? Not at this time. I mean, we, you can put a link to your website where you have messaging available. There's links to your Facebook page and your Twitter account so they can go there and see, see your Facebook and Twitter and leave messages that way. But as far as uh, interactive chat room in, in the app itself, we do not have that feature. Yeah, well, that sounds easy enough to connect it to a private Facebook page and have all your conversation there. That's cool. All right, so... Tell me if someone's listening to this right now and they are saying, hmm, this all sounds really good. I'm not really certain what it would take to get this rolling for me. Why don't you walk us through the steps from step one? You know, they have a Libsyn account, but they don't necessarily have an app yet. What would they do to get this rolling? Well, first thing is you have to have three episodes live. So you can't, we can't even start building on the app until you get three episodes live. Once you do get three episodes live, 
then the process is simply going into your Libsyn account, go to destinations and go to add new and select the iPhone app and start with that one. There's a process and there's an online form and there's information about how to get the developer accounts because that's the biggest question people have is, well, how do I get the developer accounts? So starting with getting the developer account information, we have tutorials to teach you how to do that, take you through that. If you get confused at any point, you can email appops, A-P-P-O-P-S at Libsyn.com or just email me, Rob, at Libsyn.com and we'll help you there. But all the information that is needed is right there under the destinations for the iPhone and, and the Android app. And there's you just fill in the information as you go along, put in, upload the artwork that you need, and then we do the app build, we do the app submission. So really all you have to do on your side, have three episodes live, get the developer licenses, and upload some artwork. And then we do the rest. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And what's the turnaround on that? Once you guys start building the app, how long does it take? I tell people conservatively figure around six to eight weeks. There's a process for approval through the iTunes app store. But from the point where you start filling out the forms and get us all the information to when your app is live, it's in six to eight weeks. Sometimes we'll see it a little bit shorter. All right. That's reasonable. And let's take it a step further. Say the person has gotten the app all set up. Six to eight weeks has gone by. The app is now live in the iTunes stores. What are the best practices you've seen for people who effectively promote their app and get people actually downloading and using it? Having a link to it on your website is one of the most important things. Uh, mentioning it in the show itself saying, hey, we've got some bonus content you're only going to get in the app. I mean, that saying to people that, hey, I've got a video. And this is the beauty of the app is you can put content in there. You really don't want to say put out there because you're afraid that maybe this isn't appropriate for a first time listener. I don't want to chase off a first time listener, but for my core audience, they, they'd be fine seeing me singing some karaoke or something like that. you know, me doing some crazy dance with my three-year-old son who had his birthday party or just something that, you know, is a little bit more personal, but not 100% show related. But you thought, hey, my core audience would, would like this. And putting those videos up there is a way to do that. It, it could be a video or uh, of you at a panel session. Maybe you're at a panel session at a, a comic convention or something like that. And you, and you, you were there and you might want to put that up. It's a way for you to put out content that you're not 100% comfortable putting out on your feed, but you still think a good part of your audience would get enjoyment from and it would build a little bit better bond between you and your audience. Sometimes that can also be feedback just from your audience. You may do special app episodes where it's a bunch of audio or video that's sent in from your listeners. So you can be creative with it. Yeah, I like your point there about the personal sort of things to build a better relationship with your audience. Cause I think some of the time that is the biggest thing that podcasters overlook is that it's that relationship of trust, likability, you know, all those sorts of things that generate a good culture behind your show. And so having the opportunity to provide, you know, little peeks into your world, it reminds me of, you know, the behind the scenes videos you see advertised on shows like Fixer Upper and Forged in Fire and stuff like that. You know, they'll, they'll say, go to the website, go to this link, find the behind the scenes footage. You're essentially talking about the same thing, right? Yeah. You can have your outtakes, your bloopers, 
anything again that you didn't feel comfortable putting on the show, but you are afraid to chase away new listeners, but think it's something that your core audience would, would enjoy. I've seen all kinds of crazy things. It can, it, it can be the PDF, the transcript of your episodes. If you type up your episode, you can make that available as a PDF and put it up there in the app. A lot of different people use the app as a way to be their digital hub. And again, you can do blog posts as well. So your blog posts, if you create a blog post on Lips and that can go in there. So it's not just the PDF as text, but also blog posts. And when you look in the app, you'll see categories, audio, video, text, and PDF. And then people can then, if they only want to listen to the audio, can you just go to the audio? If they want to just see your videos, if you have a tech podcast and you're doing unboxing videos, you can do that. That's what I do with my show. I do a lot of my unboxing videos just in the app. Yeah, that's really cool. And so then some of those as well could be included in those premium areas that you were talking about earlier. So you can- Right. And that's, if you want to go premium, and then that's, that's the other way you make that content available just as premium only content. Now, we do have one other option, too, for businesses that are looking for it. We call it private podcasting, and that's where you select who the users are. So you limit the users rather than people signing up and paying, and then we lock down the content. This is used by pharmaceutical companies and uh, financial services companies, and it's locked down your own private lockdown content. And you may ask, well, why not just have a website? Well, because people don't like to consume audio content on your website. This is an easy way for a sales force to get audio and video content out to their sales force that's not centrally located and make it secure. So when an employee leaves the company, you just remove access from them. And even if they've downloaded it in the app, it won't play anymore. And this will turn it off. So if you have a a work from home workforce and it's a bring your own device workforce, this is a way where you can get secure content out to them that they can't share and can't keep once you turn it off on them. Yeah. So like for team trainings or company-wide policy changes, things like that, you could include that as any kind of those four types of content that you wanted, correct? Correct. Yeah. I think that's a great uh, situation. Is there any additional cost for a company to use that lockdown sort of a service? There is. And that's to be on Lipson Pro because it's a Lipson Pro service. So they have to be on Lipson Pro in that case. And then we charge them based on how many users they have. And there's a per user fee. And there's a little bit larger setup fee for the app because it's uh, we have to get the users in there and get them set up. And that one, definitely email me, rob at lipson.com. But that, that's more for a business application. Now, although we have had a couple of people that had their own premium subscribers ahead of time and wanted to do an app and, and make their content available to their premium subscribers and didn't want to do a rev share with us, go down that path. So we have done that with some people that had already established their own premium audience. Okay. So they're just switching their current method of doing that over to a Libsyn app instead. That makes sense. Well, Rob, you know this whole platform and ecosystem a lot better than I do. What are questions I should have asked that I didn't or things that you feel like people would like to know? One feature I didn't mention, we have push notifications available as well. And that's always a nice where when I send out a new, when I release a new episode, I just send out a push and it lets everybody with the app know that, hey, here's a new episode and it puts a little message up on their smartphone. And, you know, I've seen shows that promote their app well, get 20% of their downloads from their app. And I've seen shows at one point in time, Mark Marin was getting almost 50% of his downloads through his app. So you can get a really good size audience with it. 
think Mark at one point at his peak when he was doing the premium with us, he had 43,000 paid monthly subscribers to his premium through his 43,000. Oh my goodness. 43,000 people were paying and all they were paying for was access to his whole back catalog. Wow. Yeah. He wasn't even doing special content. He was just saying, okay, I'm going to leave the 50 most recent episodes available and everything older than 50 is premium. And people were paying a buck 99 a month for that. And he had 43,000 of those paid subscribers. Per month. My goodness. That's just crazy. Per month. That's crazy. So again, I think a point you've made both on your podcast and on this show before is, you know, content matters, the quality of the content. So you can't just imagine, oh, I'm going to throw junk up on my podcast and get subscribers. You know, people, people are not going to pay for that. It's got to be good content if you're going to do that sort of a, a method. So push notifications. What else should we talk about? We now support Apple Watch, so you can actually download the episode onto the smartphone and then have it sync with your Apple Watch, and then, then the person can go off jogging and listen to your podcast through their Apple Watch and leave their phone at home. Wow, that's cool. So you have you have a real dedicated audience, and they want to do that. Uh, of course, it works, and in, in, we, we have downloading into the app, so it works in offline mode. So if you're in airplane mode on, on your iPhone, on a plane, you can listen to the podcast you've downloaded there's a place where they, they can call the show. So you can put a phone number in, they can tap and call you and get feedback that way. It, which is interesting. When I launched the app, prior to launching the app, I was getting out of every 10 voicemail messages, I would say nine out of 10 previously were coming in where people were just emailing them to me. They were recording them and then emailing it to me. And when I switched to the app, it went the other way. It went nine out of every 10 were people calling in from the app, calling the, the number right there on the button on the app and the calling into the show. So it made it easier for people to get me voicemail. And I got a lot more voicemail messages once I went to the app. They can email me right from the app. I get a lot of people that email me right from the app. And see your social, again, visit your social media, Facebook, Twitter, and go to your website. So it, it becomes kind of, again, your digital hub is your own app. And I think one of the things that people say, oh, well, people don't want another app. They don't want another app. <laughs> They have too many podcasts they're listening to. Well, that's not actually true. Uh, you know, if you look at the Edison numbers, 79% of people listen to five or fewer podcasts in a month. So that's not many podcasts. And the beauty of the app is you become a place on their home screen. You want to talk about branding. Your branding on their home screen, on their smartphone, that's a really good reminder as that number ticks up. One, two, three, how many episodes they haven't listened to. It reminds them that, hey, they've got episodes to go and look at and, and listen to. It's about branding, it's about discoverability, but most importantly, it's about ease of use for the end user. So that's where our app comes in the best. It makes it really easy for people to listen to your latest episodes and just yours and they don't have to deal with other apps or anything else like that. And when you're out and about, if you find someone, you tell them about your show, it's a lot easier to go into, tell them, go into the app store and download your app than it is to tell them to go download, say, the Stitcher app and then go find your show in Stitcher. It's a lot easier to say, hey, you got Android here? Give me your phone. Let's go into the, the app store. Here it is. Here's my app. Boom. There you go. Yeah, that's a great idea. Well, Rob, I'd like to wrap up with just an assumption. I think there's probably a lot of people listening who are very curious about this and are not quite sure how to visualize everything we're talking about. So I know that the Libsyn podcast, the feed has an app of its own. And I know that your show today in iOS has an app. Give me, you know, four or five apps you would recommend people go to the iTunes or Google Play Store and look at and maybe even download a couple and see how this actually works. 
definitely check out Ben Greenfields and then you can see how it works with and without the premium. As I mentioned today, as you mentioned today in iOS, which is just going to be on the iOS. I don't think I ever put that one on the Android side because it's for iPhone. <laughs> uh, but the, the feed app from Libsyn is both iOS and Android and Windows Phone. By the way, I didn't even mention we also do Windows Phone. Uh, so we're like one of the few people that do Windows Phone. There's a Hamish and Andy podcast app is is real popular. There is uh, the Adam Carolla. If you want to see, a, we have actually have a network version as well. So you can have a whole network. So if you search for Adam Carolla's app, you'll see his whole ACE network at, in one single app. Those are good ones to start with. We have literally thousands of them. School of Podcasting. So you can, Dave Jackson's app yeah. um, is, is one to find. So yeah, those are just a small sampling of the apps that are out there. I think over 2,000 different producers have had apps built with us at this point. So it's uh, quite a few. And again, we've been doing it on a long, long time. So uh, we, we know what listeners like because we've heard from a lot of them. And we did really design this first and foremost with the listeners in mind. Yeah, I totally appreciate that because end user experience really is what matters. If they're not going to use it, there's no point in building it. So I trust that you guys have done your homework on that since you've been in the game for so long. Well, Rob, once again, tons of value today that you've added to the show. Any parting thoughts you have about apps and why you would encourage everyone to go get one? You know, I'll go back to the numbers I said earlier. Two billion people a month are downloading apps. It's an app-centric world. People like to go into the app store and search for apps. If you have your show in there as an app, it's another place to be discovered. People are going to come across you that don't know what a podcast is. And again, if you don't get the app from us, get it from someone else. But I, I'm, I've said this before, I'll say it again here. A podcaster without an app is like a business without a website. Are you really serious about it, If you, your podcast, if you don't have an app for it? Well, that's a strong statement. But I tend to agree with you. I'm, I mean, I don't have an app yet for this show or for any of my others, but man, you got me really thinking and I'm going to start looking into it as far as budget goes and things like that, because I think it's well worth it. And by the way, I don't know if anybody recognizes the significance of that 2 billion number, but that is almost a third of the world's population. I mean, that's incredible <laughs> to think that many people are downloading apps. So Rob, thanks so much for your time and for the, the expertise that you bring on issues like this. How can people get in touch with you? That's always the easiest way is Rob, R-O-B, at Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. That's the simplest way to get a hold of me. And I can send you links to examples of the apps and the other information and, and answer any questions you have on, on the apps. And Carrie, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity again to come on the show and talk about this. But I'll say this, if, you, if you're not with Libsyn, find somebody else then... Uh, to build an app for you. But it really is important as a podcaster to have an app. Yeah, good last word. Thanks, Rob. Hello? So to app or not to app, that is the question that Rob is pushing us to answer today. And I totally understand why. And with 2 billion people on the planet downloading apps, man, that's an incredible audience to tap into. And I totally get his point about people, you know, searching through iTunes store or the Google Play store. And searching, uh, like in my case, one of my podcasts is called Christian Home and Family. Well, they're searching for the keywords Christian or home life or family, and they come across my app. They may not know what a podcast is, but man, they know what an app is. And they see this app and they're curious. So they read the description, perhaps they even download, and I gain a new listener who before then was not even listening to podcasts. Man, what an incredible, incredible asset. And the point Rob made about having your branding 
on the home screen of their smartphone. And that's incredible to have that there right alongside things like Google Chrome and, you know, whatever else apps they're using. That's incredible. So uh, Rob's got me thinking. I'm going to be looking into this seriously, and I encourage you to do the same thing. Thank you so much for listening to the Podcastification Podcast. If you would be so kind enough to use that smart little device that you're listening to this show with right now and swipe left, swipe right, do a little jig, whatever it takes to find the sharing function and share this with one person who you know would benefit from the things you're hearing on the Podcastification Podcast, I would so appreciate it. And you know what time it is, right? It's time for you to go out and make it a podcastificating day. This show is brought to you by Podcast Fast Track, where my team provides professional podcasting services without the time suck. Full production, editing, and show notes all in one monthly subscription package. You can find out more at podcastfasttrack.com. Now go out and make it a podcastificating day. Audio editing and show notes by podcastfasttrack.com. Get 15% off your first month by mentioning this show.